trade efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. In episode 24, we're joined by Michael Barabee. He's the Acting Deputy Assistant Secretary for Sustainable Transportation at the U.S. Department of Energy. We talk about his role at the DOE, the primary work of the agency, the agency's goal for decarbonizing transportation, the various super truck programs and annual merit reviews of DOE funded projects. He also talks about the importance of teams in getting new technology to market and the key elements needed to scale battery electric trucks. Today we have joining me Michael Barabee. He's the Acting Deputy Assistant Secretary for Sustainable Transportation at the United States Department of Energy. Hello, Michael, and thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Uh, great to talk, as always. Yeah, so this podcast is called uh, Freight Efficiency with Nacfee's Mike Roth and Friends. Kind of a mouthful there, but I always try to uh, get one of us, um, we'll see which one here, to uh, to share how and when we became friends. Do you, do you remember how we met one another? You know, um, I do not. You've got me there. I'm trying to think through about it. I was thinking it must be maybe uh, Green Truck Summit, uh, one of the annual merit reviews where we bring a thousand people together to talk about the research we've done. I, I don't know. Ah, you know, I was doing the same thing and those two events uh, were right on my mind too. I, and I know we've had breakfast and lunch uh, occasionally at both of those. So let's just, uh, yep. let's just say one of them, maybe five yeah. years ago. <laughs> we'll do that. So let's start with your, uh, your current role at the DOE. And it's a long title by the way. So maybe you can help us understand uh, that, but tell us about, uh, your role there and, and, and your team and kind of what are the activities and the goals um, in your group? Sure. Um, so a lot of people don't appreciate that the Department of Energy is really one of the primary um, research and development uh, and, and demonstration features of the entire federal government. In fact, really, we are the lead physical sciences um, R&D group of the federal government. So think back to the Manhattan Project and uh, really kind of where the, the department got some of, its, um, some of its background. Today we have the 17 national labs of the country, people here at Oak Ridge or Argonne National Lab or Los Alamos. Those are all part of the Department of Energy. So we are um, a large organization. We do deep R&D work on um, a broad range of areas. So I'm responsible for all of the work we do in transportation. Transportation is uh, about a third of the energy we use in the country. It's the largest source of greenhouse gas emissions. So uh, it's a, a big part of the overall energy picture. Um, so within that work, we are, you know, just to give you a kind of a, a range of the flavor, we have uh, people working on certainly all new technologies, electrification, batteries, hydrogen fuel cells, bioenergy, um, but also how to improve the efficiency and reduce the emissions of vehicles through things like light weighting or improving the internal combustion engine and optimizing current vehicles or how do you meet new stringent emission requirements to reduce NOx without hurting fuel economy. Um, so it's a pretty broad portfolio. Um, a few, you know, if I can toot our horn just a little bit and really for the, the people under me, um, we are the primary group in the United States and really globally developing new battery technology. Mm -hmm. Everyone's hearing about battery costs are coming down. That is uh, in large part due to the decades of R&D we've done. Uh, and, of course, we, when I say we do it, we do a lot of our work with industry. We are doing a lot of our work funding industry, funding universities, incubating ideas and projects, um, and trying to utilize the great, 
technical uh, innovation uh, and ecosystems that the, the country has. Yeah, you know, when you, I'm glad you brought up batteries. I mean, at Maxi, we're doing a lot of work on electric trucks, and people will ask me, uh, sometimes they even like, well, what do you think, Mike? You know, and I'll say things like, you know, I'm not a battery expert. Um, you know, I'm a degreed engineer, but not a great one. <laughs> but I, uh, but I, I, I've listened to and seen and and felt how the battery people and the battery experts talk about, you know, vehicle batteries. And and I think some of the development might even be surprising them. I mean, if you look at them and hear them, they're like, we've come a long way, maybe faster uh, on, you know, performance, weight, cost. Uh, of course, we want to go faster, right? We always do. But um, good work there, I think. Yeah, no, I think it is. And we, you know, it's important that we're not, um, we're not an advocacy organization, right? So we're not saying, hey, we're advocating. We're, we kind of follow the science, follow the engineering. Uh, we tend to pride ourselves in being a, you know, data-based group. And um, I will tell you, on the battery side, when I listen to our battery team and, and look at it, you are dead on it. It has gone faster uh, than they think. In some places, we, we've been setting battery cost targets for over 10 years. And every year, we have a cost target every single year. And the team hasn't missed one yet. Um, now, it gets harder and harder every year. But uh, our cost targets would have us in the 2028-2030 time frame where the battery plus all the rest of the electric components in the vehicle, in a, in a light-duty vehicle, and let's say a passenger car, SUV, is cost-competitive with an internal combustion engine. Wow. And so, and if you think about a vehicle that is, that runs more miles, so when you think about trucks, you know, the one thing about electrification is the cost per mile is lower and the maintenance and operating cost is lower. We, we don't have quite good numbers on the truck side yet, but we can tell you on, let's say, passenger cars, it's $6,000 lower maintenance and repairs over the life, plus the fuel cost. So if you have a vehicle like a truck that's running a lot of miles, those, of course, that, you know, that helps it a lot and becomes a lot more cost effective. That's why, you know, a lot of people are bullish on batteries and electrification and trucks. And um, I, I think they're right. Yeah. So we're going to get into a little more of that. But one question I, uh, that's really current and on my mind, I've always been curious about it, is that um, we have an administration change right now. And so how does the appointees work, um, say, in the Department of Energy? I mean, um, just help, help me understand that, and then we'll get on to some other things. Sure. So, you know, within all the federal agencies, there is a professional career staff, uh, and that's what I read the, the career staff of people working in transportation. And our job is to basically maintain continuity, as you And the political appointees really are there to implement the direction and strategy and policy of, of the president, the executive branch, um, and, of course, following the direction Congress gives us. So um, right now, when you have a change of administration, we're waiting for the secretary uh, to, to arrive. She's been nominated. hasn't been confirmed yet by the Senate. But in the meantime, on day one, you have a range of political appointees that are coming in across each of the pieces. Um, and our job is to very quickly get them up to speed, help them understand the work, the technology that we've been working on, um, understand their priorities and help, you know, um, again, educate them so to help them set, set good priorities um, that align with the president, but also where the, the technology is in our case. So it's an exciting time. It's a really, really busy time. Um, I, I've been uh, just 
really encouraged by the entire team that has been at DOE. Um, they have been very supportive of the career staff. And, um, you know, the president has laid out some very ambitious goals. He's talked about those goals publicly. Uh, he talked about the importance of climate change. So we've got a lot of work in front of us. Um, but I think there's, there's a great team here that um, I think we'll be able to get a lot done. Nice, nice. So my first official sort of formal work with the department um, that I remember, maybe it's a little earlier, but was back in 2007 when I became the Navistar executive on the 21st Century Truck Program. And um, I remember feeling really good about that. I enjoyed it. Um, I was a little frustrated that it seemed like such a small, you know, a big committee for much, such a small amount of money that was actually being distributed. Uh, and I remember putting together a uh, a paper with a couple of other guys that um, ironically was completed exactly when President Obama asked for stimulus ideas. And so uh, I kind of feel like that helped kick off Super Truck. Um, and so here we are. Wow. You know, Michael, I mean, uh, I talk constantly and we talk constantly about how Super Truck has really helped efficiency and getting things into production. I mean, how would you assess the, the two programs? And I think you're, you're close to announcing a third, right? Yeah, the, the, we, you know, two programs, eight, nine years. Um, the, this, the current program, um, ends in this coming year and we have put out, um, the request for information to kind of understand what a third program could look like. Um, Congress and the appropriations directed us to fund a, a, a third program. So I, it has been really successful. Um, and it's been successful on a few different levels. It certainly has been successful at advancing technology. Um, I think it's been successful in setting old goals that seemed at the time like crazy, but at the end when people really got into it, said, wow, we can actually achieve this. Um, and it, it's been successful at getting government and industry working together where, um, and when I say industry, it's not just you know an OEM, but each of the super truck teams have a pretty broad group of players on it. So getting, you know, cross-industry work and government work, national labs, bringing all those best ideas together. So um, I've been, um, you know, as you know today, right, the goal was to basically double the freight efficiency, basically cut the, really, at the end of the day, cut the amount of fuel we use to move long-haul freight and trucks uh, in half. And when you look at the numbers, that's where we are. When you look at where a new truck is today that you can buy versus the one that you got, um, you know, 10 years ago, it, it is about half the fuel use. I think the challenge going forward and what we've talked about is now technology has changed dramatically. A lot of that was focused on just long haul diesel trucks. But as we look to the future and your government's job is to be working on things beyond what industry can fund on their own, it's, you know, what's, what's the future? Where is electrification? Where is hydrogen and fuel cells? Um, and also not just long-haul trucks, but long-haul, short-haul, uh, the mix, new automation and connectivity technology, kind of looking at a much broader systems view of how we move freight from, you know, point A to point B, which, as everyone right knows, goes through multiple hands oftentimes. So thinking about it in a broader context, I think um, I think we can do a lot of great work. Yeah, one thing I would mention is lightweighting. So we at Nixie, we're, we're publishing an update to our lightweight confidence report right now. And we're finding that there's not a lot of work, uh, you know, and a, a lot of purchasing of lightweight components. But the super truck program drove lightweighting. A lot of lightweighting development occurred there. That's one part of super truck one and two that really 
hasn't yet made it onto the trucks on the road because we're still not grossing out these trucks very often. But it's an area where I think um, um, it, it's, it, it's prepared us for the future and where, you know, weight will become a bigger issue as we get more freight on the trucks. And actually, as we go to some of these powertrains like batteries, where we may have a weight uh, penalty for the overall overall vehicle. Well, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. And um, it's around, um, you know, I always heard like there's what the four D's or something, you know, there's research and development, there's applied research and development, and then there's sort of design and prototype, and then ultimately deployment, those kinds of things. Um, and I've always kind of heard that the DOE, you know, tends to be farther left, farther early, wanting to, to work on the future and not the current um, or the soon. But, um, you know, I, I've seen the department move around in, in, in that sort of time frame. And sometimes it'll be like 80 percent funded. And then maybe at the other end, there'll be a 50-50 or maybe even a less uh, funding split between the industry and the government. Um, can you explain that a little bit? Do I have that right? Yeah, so the um, you know we do we are an R and you know R and D organization, um, but within DOE there's people that do really early science and people that do the more applied kind of science and technology that has a clear path to market, and that's where we are. Um, I think that you will see an increased emphasis on the um, demo and deployment side. Uh, we've heard loud and clear from Congress, from both sides of the aisle, as well as the new administration, that we need to have a balance there. Um, and the way I think of it is we are focused on the end goal, right? So the end goal of how do we get affordable delivery of freight safely that um, reduces or ultimately eliminates greenhouse gas for our transportation. So um, to do that, we, there are some cases where it's in the R&D, but there's other cases where it's the demo and deployment that's needed. So we're going to work at whatever stage is needed to get to that end piece. Um, but what we also try to do is we're, we're you know, responsible stewards of the taxpayer dollar. We're trying to make sure that we're doing the things that industry can't do or just not be economic for them to do. Um, so we don't want to step into what industry can do because they can do that better. So that's where, like, the co-funding you mentioned comes in. As it gets to the later stage, we look for industry to pick up maybe 50% of a project, whereas in early stage R&D, we'll pick up 80% and industry picks up 20. Um, we always like that the partners we're working with have some skin in the game, though. Um, yep. So uh, we think that works pretty well. Yeah, I really like that balance. Or I think that balance is really important and um, because, you know, we – it's known as the valley of death, right? You, you know, the innovators buy something, the developers, you know, the, the manufacturers have a first-gen product, and it, it looks good, right? It's got some early um, successes, but then the, the early adopters just don't come fast enough, and it just sits there, and sometimes the developers run out of money if they're a startup or so forth, and um, and, and the idea gets lost, right? And in, and in our work, over the history of 30 years that I've looked back, fuel prices also have an impact on that, where fuel prices are high, you know, everybody's wanting these technologies, and when they're low, um, they're not. Um, but let's, let's, don't, let's don't go there. Um, <laughs> but let, let, let's do talk about, because this is a building on that, is the VTO merit reviews in, in June every year. You, you brought them up as a place where you and I met, and I've always found these incredibly interesting. They, um, they're open to the public, um, and... Uh, it's just a, a vast amount of reviews that are conducted on programs 
where a lot of people in the industry, I found myself learning a lot about uh, technologies and what's going on that helps me in my various roles. Um, but I don't think a lot of people know what it is and, and why it happens. So walk us through that a little bit. and Maybe let's put a plug in to get more people involved. Uh, absolutely. The, um, you know, within those three big offices I mentioned, vehicles, office, hydrogen fuel cell, and bioenergy, uh, each one funds um, hundreds and hundreds of researchers and projects. And we want to make sure the knowledge from those projects are getting out into the public. Um, and we want to have you know, the right level of people from industry or academia basically reviewing the work and giving us feedback on what's good and what's not. So we do every year an annual merit review um, online last year. This year I'm thinking it's going to have to be as well, unfortunately. But uh, when it was in person, a 1,000 people would come. There'd be multiple sessions. So you could go and say, hey, I'm really just interested in the, the truck piece, and maybe that's only, you know, two, three hours of a week-long event, or you could listen into any parts you want. And the actual researchers doing the research, they take 20 minutes and say, here's what we've done, here's what we've accomplished, here's what we've learned, and then people have a chance to ask questions and provide feedback. Hey, you're not considering this, or think about that. Um, and it's also just a great chance to meet other folks in the same space. And even though it's online, we've got a great collaborative tool, we think, that allows people to still have those kind of side chats, collaboration, get to know each other. So um, we can definitely, uh, I definitely encourage everyone to go and register for the Vehicle Technologies Office Annual Merit Review and the Hydrogen Fuel Cells. Uh, and then this year, we're also the Bioenergy, which happens every two years, Bioenergy is this year, and maybe we can give you the links to put in your website where people can uh, can go to look up those. But if you just uh, Google uh, DOE transportation annual mayor review, they'll pop up as well. Yeah, and so I'd really encourage everybody listening to take a look at this uh, merit review. I mean, I've always found them really valuable, and um, as Michael said, you could you can go to bounce around into different if it's physical into different rooms or virtual the same. And, you know, see a report on a hybrid program at Cummins or a super truck program or into some other more detailed fuel cell or battery work. So I really encourage uh, to look into that. And we'll, we'll put those links into our into our, our NACSI newsletter. Um, a couple of other things as our, our time is starting to wind down a little, Michael. How do you uh, view support for startups or new technology companies? Uh, and maybe there's a middle group of, you know, Young, youngish uh, companies, and then the more established, mature ones. Is there a, do you target programs to certain groups? Um, I know, you know, the, the, the essence of a startup that might be a little difficult to manage a program like this, but um, how does all that um, from startups to mature, mature companies uh, fit in, in the work you're doing? Yeah, I, as you, I think, know, I spent a lot of years in a mature company at Chrysler, Daimler Chrysler, Fiat Chrysler. Um, and uh, but as I came to DOE and you said saw the broader ecosystem, I think there is a lot to be said for working across the spectrum. We are working with all the biggest OEMs out there in the truck space, absolutely. But um, there are new companies, and, I, you know, when I was in Detroit, um, I'll be honest, we, we all poo-pooed a little bit. The new startups said, hey, we've been making cars for 100 years. What do these new guys know? Well, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, that's probably a little arrogant, right? I mean, honestly, the new companies that have come in and the startups, especially in the truck and the medium-duty freight space, are showing that um, sometimes if you don't have the baggage and the history of an incumbent, that can allow you to move faster and quicker. Um, so, 
We, we try to work across the spectrum. Um, we also try to work with one of the startup technology companies. So we work like, with universities who sometimes become some of the startups. We keep an eye on those, especially when it comes to like the fundamental technology, like a new type of motor or battery or new all new materials and lightweight or vehicle. Um, so we're focused there for the, the breakthrough, but we're also keeping in mind that to achieve our goals, we need massive scale. You know, we are, our goal is nothing sort of decarbonizing the entire transportation uh, sector as part of the president's goal to decarbonize the economy by 2050. So to do that, you need, you know, ultimately you need big scale, but those startups are the ones where the innovations come a lot of the times. Yeah, and so you talked about teams when we were talking about Supertruck, and so if I remember right, the Supertruck programs had, you know, a prime contractor, which was generally the truck OEM, but also – uh, they would have a, a you know a fleet that operating the truck on the team. They would probably have a university, maybe a, another engineering firm doing some work. Um, what, what makes a what makes a really good and successful project team for these DOE projects? Or, uh, you know, when it comes to the expertise and players, and what do you guys see as an as an excellent team makeup? Um, you know, first, just the idea of teaming is really important, especially for bigger projects. They tend to work out well. You need a really strong and clear principal investigator or PI, the lead person. Um, you need to have, I think, some clarity in the role each team member will bring. So a really good team is you've got seven or eight people, and it's clear what they're all bringing to the party. It's not just, oh, we signed up the most people, and I got more names than anyone else. It's they've got a team and they've thought through. They've got a utility there. They've got an OEM. They've got a fleet company that actually knows about, you know, driving trucks and delivering freight, for example. So um, we're looking for a team that represents the, the knowledge uh, of the industry basis. Um, they could be people that have innovative ideas, but also, you know, maybe people that have commitment. Um, and then that are, you know, maybe team members that have demonstrated or shown or articulating their commitment to the idea and the project. So that's kind of like the dream team. I've got one final question for you, Michael, and that has to do with uh... – Electric truck. So right now, Maxi's in the middle of executing run on less electric, and we're out to find 10 or 12 of the, uh, you know, current um, best deployments of electric trucks out there to help them share what they're finding, the uh, benefits and the challenges of electric trucks, how it was working with utilities and charging and all that. So really excited to do that over the next uh, six or eight months with the run actually helping in September. So what do you see as the key, um, you know, things that need to happen on electric trucks in the next few years for them to really scale. And I'm talking about battery electric trucks here and those duty cycles that they make the most sense for. I, I think it's important for people to recognize that while today we're in the, the nascent days and we're not quite there yet, it is going to flip over relatively quickly, a lot more than people have seen in the past. We need to get the battery densities up. And we're close to that. So that will allow you to get costs down, get more batteries on a truck, uh, and take care of range. So battery density is, um, is top. And when we're doing that, we're doing it in a way that the technology of those new batteries that we're developing can be charged quickly. So they can take um, high-power charging so that you can charge them quickly. So I think those are, those are two critical things, and they're going hand-in-hand. But the third big thing that we need to do is we need to, and this is really a national level, we need to develop the national supply chain 
for the everything from the raw materials, the processing of the raw materials, and the manufacturing of those batteries. This is going to be a multi-billion dollar, many billions for college global industry. And the U.S. has got to make sure we have our piece of that because transportation is changing. And if we're not there, those those things will be made in, in other parts of the world. And um, we're all for global competition, but we want to make sure that we have good, well-paying jobs here in the U.S. in this new clean energy industry. Always good to catch up, Michael. Um, thank you very much for joining me. And uh, we'll look forward to doing this again sometime, but um, very much appreciate you being here. Thank you, Mike, and uh, you and all of your team keep doing the great work you're doing. Um, I think it's wonderful. Great Efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends.